Blog Talk Radio. Romans 2 and 5. Nope. Righteous judgment of the Most High, who will yep. render unto every man according to his nope. deeds, to them who by patience continue yep. in some well-doing seat, no nope. glory and honor and immorality, yep. eternal life. But unto them that are nope. contentious and do not obey the yep. truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Uh, Great Luke, yes. You an African-American? Nope. You believe that's your heritage? Yep. Do you know who you are? Nope. King, queen? Nigga with back? Nope. Do you shine like a star? Yep. Think they gon' tell you? Nope. We gon' explode. Yep. Yeah. They gon' take your life? Nope. So many secrets in the vault? Yep. Do this knowledge cost? Nope. Hop in the book to my? Yep. Do you follow these laws? Nope. Do they still exist? Yep. Have time to wait? Nope. Do we have grace? Yep. Continue in sin? Nope. I'ma ask you again. Yep. Should we continue in sin? Christ is the way, yep. devil gon' win, nope. tryna make it to heaven, yep. get there by sin, nope. follow the commandments, yep. everybody got choices, I chose this walk so I keep on trying, everybody got choices, choose the right path and nothing can stop us, everybody got choices, righteous life, devil don't like that, nah, everybody got choices, choose the right path to save your soul, never going back, no, 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 forward to the kingdom, yeah, Choose from. 
you got to choose one Who you gonna choose the most I heard it's Two sides to choose from You got to choose one Who you gonna choose Who you gonna choose Got to choose Alright, alright, alright You gonna learn today Alright, alright, alright You gonna learn today all right, all right, all right, all right. <clears throat> shalom, 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 and good evening. To 12 tribes worldwide, greetings. You reached another episode of Bible Talk. My name is Mishapa, one of the teachers here. I'd like to welcome you out to our shows. Um, we try and broadcast our shows every Monday through Thursday. And we try and do it um, in the morning. We, we, we really do try and get around 10 in the morning, 10 in the, after, 10 in the morning to about 12 noon, Central Standard Time, Texas Time. Uh, but sometimes uh, work schedules just don't permit that, uh, so we had to move it to the nighttime. <coughs> so yeah, instead of doing the class this morning, uh, uh, we went ahead and pushed it back to this evening. All right, um, and and most most likely, I know that most people are probably not listening because of all the excellent teaching going on with, with uh, other YouTube platforms. That tonight being Monday night, we know that um, swear the truth. Uh, here in, in in San Antonio is having class tonight, and they're also broadcasting live on their YouTube channel, which happens to be the Sword of Truth San Antonio, all right? Um, their address for, for the time being is 4444 Walsham, street number 201, San Antonio, Texas, 78218 being the address there. Um, and they do have classes. They try to have classes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7.30 p.m. to 10.30 p.m., and they come back on Saturdays for Saturday class. Uh, starting at 10 a.m., all right? And as I just said before, you can also catch them on their YouTube channel, Sword of Truth San Antonio, okay? Uh, and right now, yeah, everybody is, 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 is it's that season, y'all. It's that season. As you get ready to hit, uh, hit the Passover, that the sewing department is, 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 is going full steam ahead. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a busy season. It is a busy season, Um and this year, as you know, the actual Passover is is actually April 21st, but it's going to be observed here in San Antonio, March 21st, uh, Easter, uh, East, uh, that Easter Sunday, not in celebration of Easter, right? Not and by no by no means is it in celebration and observing of that pagan holiday Easter, but because of work schedules, and we're definitely still in captivity, that has always been. Um, convenient for the camps that are here in San Antonio, the camp here in San Antonio, as well as the camp in Houston, the camp in Virginia, and the camp in Rochester, that uh, that's that Sunday, Easter Sunday, everybody's off. There is no work Easter Sunday, and that would provide the best amount of time for families to get together and enjoy the Passover as much as possible, enjoy the gathering, the convocation as much as possible. So what we normally do is uh, when, when the um, Passover and Easter do not line up. We'll normally have the, conv- the the convocation, meaning the gathering, when we actually come together. That will be on uh, that that Sunday, that Easter Sunday, and then we will still let everybody know that the actual Passover date is such and such and such. So this year, the actual Passover is going to be April twenty first, but we will be congregating with the um, uh, with the San Antonio School of Sword of Truth on uh, Sunday, March 21st, right? 
Uh, let me check my comments just to make sure. I can actually close this out right here. And my calendar. Mm. All right, February, March. Well, I'm sorry, it's not going to be uh, March 21st. It's going to be the 24th. That is Easter, right? Hold up, hold up. I'm I'm really messing up. All right, I just got all twisted. Oh, come on. March 31st, I keep saying 20, it's March 31st, Sunday, March 31st, all right, Sunday, March 31st, and yeah, I'm kind of shooting up from the hip right now also, so, yeah, it's going to be Sunday, March 31st, all right, Sunday, March 31st. Yeah, is that getting my calendar together? I'm sorry. I don't know why I had 21st in my head. I don't know why I had 21st in my head, but it's actually going to be Sunday, March 31st. All right? Sunday, March 31st. Oh. Forgive me, y'all. Sunday, March 31st is going to be the, uh, when we uh, gather together with the Sword of Truth Camp and the Stream of Wisdom, camp, stream of Wisdom Camps uh, here in San Antonio for the Passover. So everybody's welcome. Please get in touch with the Brother Warner Iron. Or the Brother Snaps one, let me pull their, their numbers up. You can reach out to Brother Warner Iyer at area code 210 862 2643. Again, uh, to Brother Warner Iyer, area code 210 862 2643. Or the Brother Snaps one, area code 505 387 9609. All right. Um, our school in the Houston area, which is located at 231 Effing Road 292. Stafford, Texas, 77477, being the address there. Uh, the priest in charge of things is Priest Quatazap, right? Priest Quatazap. You can reach him at area code 303-557-8979. If you have any questions um, about anything, the brother's doing one hell of a job. The brother is, is definitely a leader among men um, in, in raising his children, uh, helping raise the camp. Uh, the brother's in, 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 into uh, farming, into, into growing crops and everything. So the brother is quite useful, quite handy, has a lot of wisdom. So if you have any questions, need, need any help with anything, please reach out to Priest Quatazop. Again, area code 303-557-8979. The school in Houston has classes on Mondays and Wednesdays, you know, tonight. Um, starting at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then again on Fridays from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then they have a Sabbath ceremony also on Saturdays from 10 a.m., to 2 p.m. All right. You catch them live on YouTube on Wednesdays. Their YouTube channel is SOW Houston, Texas. Uh, Texas, Texas is TX. 
uh, stream of wisdom, all right, the stream of wisdom on Wednesdays um, from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., and then again on Saturday starting at 10 a.m., all right? We're also going to in the Norfolk area, Norfolk, Virginia area, SOW, Norfolk, Virginia, stream of wisdom, located at 2610 Granby Street, Norfolk, Virginia, 23517, in the address there. Please reach out to Priest Kwatsazaf, all right? I'm sorry, Priest Kazaki, Erico 757-300-4047. They have class every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then again, they have the Sabbath ceremony starting at 12 noon, all right? You catch them live on Facebook on Tuesdays and Thursdays uh, from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. And that is the SOW Stream of Wisdom, Norfolk, Virginia, all right? Um, they're, and they're live on YouTube on Fridays from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And then again on Saturdays, again, starting at 12 noon, all right? So shout, shout out to the brothers up there. Uh, to Kazakia, to, to, to Bakar, to Ariane. All y'all doing a wonderful job up there. Our school in the Rochester, New York area. SOW Rochester, New York, Stream of Wisdom, located at 1600 Lyle Avenue, Street Number 1A, Rochester, New York, 14606, being the address there. Uh, reach out to Priest Zion. All right, reach out to Priest Zion, area code 757 762 3917. Doing some great work up there. Um, you can catch their class, catch them in class every Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday as well. And they're on YouTube. Their YouTube channel is SOW Rochester. SOW Rochester, New York, Stream of Wisdom. Uh, that's their YouTube channel. You can catch them on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. And again, uh, Sabbath class on Saturdays starting at 10 a.m. And those are Eastern Standard Times, all right? The other YouTube channels that we have uh, that are available for you is the Hidden Truth Bible Show. Israelite Media Core, Core Spell C O R P, uh, Five Minutes of Wisdom, and also the Hidden Books. We like you. We ask you to please uh, subscribe, like, and share to each one of these um, uh, to, to, the, to the different media sources that we have available for everybody. If you're in the Albuquerque area, we ask you to please reach out to Brother Aisha White Desire, Eric Code five zero five two one eight forty two eighteen, as they get together and they're doing some great works up there in Albuquerque. Get with the Brother Aisha White Desire, Eric Code five zero five. 218-4218. Um, and also the brother Mike Olive um, who, and, and Ice, who do the tour, tour readings every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Uh, every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. They're on a 17th cycle of going over the Torah. And each and every time you go over, brothers, as you know, you, you pull out some more. You, you, something new is revealed. That God's word, it really is past finding out. All right? So please check them out every Saturday. Um, for the tour readings, and you can look, you can reach them through their Facebook page, um, Fountain of Wisdom, all right, Fountain of Wisdom, or Dr. Michael Ben Israel, all right, yeah, either one, and to, to get the uh, the phone number uh, for the call in for the tour, they're doing a great job with that. Shout out to them. All right, brothers and sisters, um, uh, this is part of the show where I've been compiling a prayer list. Uh, that we want to send up prayers for, for 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 others. And what inspired me about this prayer list was not for vainglory, brothers and sisters. It is not, not for vainglory um, or to be seen like I'm righteous, um, like the hypocrites do. And, and Christ got on the hypocrites, the Pharisees and the Sadducees in uh, the 23rd chapter of Matthew. But um, uh, this list was, was being, is being compiled uh, for the sake of, let me just pull that scripture up. I'm, I'm, sitting, I'm about to quote it. Why don't I read it? All right. Why don't I go ahead and just read it? For as often as I do quote it, let's go ahead and read it. 
Right. Brothers and sisters, if we go to Philippians, right? Please join me going to the book of Philippians. Uh, chapter 2, I'm going to start verse 1. All right, chapter 2, I'm going to start verse 1. And it says, If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies. Now, as we're on this journey, as we're awaiting the, uh, the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who the world calls Jesus Christ, as we're waiting for him, as, we, as we're waiting for the Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, that God's kingdom come and God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven, uh, as, we, as, we pray for, as we pray the, uh, the Lord's Prayer. That on the way to, to, to the kingdom, if you will, um, it says that the only way we want to get to the kingdom, let me get that real quick. Uh, and it's give me a chance to slow my mind down just a little bit to make sure I'm coming across clear. We're in Philippians, but let's go to Acts chapter 14. And I, I kind of need this, brothers and sisters. Uh, I kind of need this to help get my mind back into, into the teaching mode. All right. Um, we'll read the book of Acts, chapter 14, verse 22. As we're waiting the kingdom of heaven, we're waiting for Christ to, to make his return and, and, and that God's will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. That before that event takes place, before that event happens, when we read the book of Acts, chapter 14, verse 22, this is what's prophesied to us, and this is what lets us know um, future events and things that are about to happen, all right, and, 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 and help give us some explanation about what we might be going through right now at this particular time. In Acts chapter 14, verse 22, it says, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Now, mind you, yes. If we, when, when this was said, this was, yes, during, during the time of, of Acts, right? when, when, when um, uh, they was actually, um, traveling through Europe, uh, and the apostles and disciples were traveling through Europe and traveling through Asia, um, spreading the gospel. And that, that was over 2,000 years ago. Right? That, was, that was approximately 2,000 years ago. And even back then, it was being told to the disciples, to the students, to those that were hearing the gospel, that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God, that it's going to be tribulation. It's going to be tribulation uh, in order for us to enter into the kingdom of God. So as we're sitting here now in the year 2024, we have to understand that the, the, the religious thought that we're not going to be going through anything, that life's just going to be a bowl of cherries, and that we're just going to be peacefully, um, uh, silently, uh, blissfully um, uh, awaiting the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's going to just be a real easy transition uh, from this king, from this kingdom uh, and this, this world the way it is to the kingdom of Christ. And it's just going to be no problems because we're in the truth, because I found Jesus, uh, according to the religious imprint that has been given to us for the past 400 years. Contrary to that, and according to what the scriptures, the scriptures prophesy, that the only way we're going to get to the kingdom of God is through much tribulation. It didn't even say a little tribulation. It didn't, they didn't say that we must, uh, through tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. It said through much tribulation, enter into the, into the kingdom of God. And just for our, our learning, 
just for our learning. And as a reminder, what does the word tribulation mean? From Webster's 1820 Dictionary, tribulation. Uh, from the Latin word uh, tribulo, to thrash or to beat. All right? That the word, tribula- <laughs> the word tribulation comes from the Latin word tribulo, which means to trash or to beat. Um, so severe affliction, distresses of life, vexations. All right? That this, that this <laughs> the etymology of the word tribulation, that it's describing severe affliction, distresses of life, and vexations. All right? So that th- these, these are going to be the conditions that the disciples of Christ are going to find themselves in. That those that, that, that are, are, are repenting and, 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 and preparing for the kingdom of the Most High, that there's going to be severe affliction. There's going to be distresses of life. There's going to be vexations. If we don't do, go through these things faithfully and endure hardness as good soldiers of, of Christ, we're not going to see the kingdom of God. All right? It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So we want to, we want to keep these things in mind as now we go back to Philippians chapter 2. That yes, we must through much tribulation enter to the kingdom of God. Then we go back to Philippians chapter 2. Let me pull it back up again. Ooh, these eyes in this font of my, oh, the font is too small. And I'm talking about the font that's on my computer, brothers and sisters. Um, here we go, Philippians chapter 2, and verse 1. So it says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, if we understand as it has been prophesied to us, as, as, as we're going into our class of, about also, uh, make sure your foundation is strong. Make sure that your belief in Christ is based on the right thing, uh, which, which has everything to do with the prophecies that the Bible talks about. And from, um, from the prophecies that the Bible, that God did, did give, being his word, that we're being told here that we understand that the only way we're going to get to the kingdom is through much tribulation. But now in going through the tribulation, if we want to find any consolation from Christ, as opposed to, and we can see it's obvious that the world is, is, is in the state of tribulation, because look at all the vices that people use to find some comfort. From, from binge-watching um, uh, binge uh, movies, TV series, or what have you, uh, being lost in social media, uh, to you know more extreme type of things as far as you know trying to drink your problems away, uh, trying to smoke your problems away, um, that the stresses of life that everybody's just so stressed out that we, we're all trying to find something to ease the pain, something to ease the mind uh, from weed and, and you know being a gateway drug, um, vaping, you know being another gateway to eventually go to cigarettes to 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 and right now with the weed dispensaries uh, to weed to to Needing something stronger. Um, right now, I guess the epidemic right now is fentanyl or crystal meth or what have you. That the world, you see where people in the world, not, not, only, just be, not only just not being the disciples of Christ, that in the world, there's so much tribulation and mental stress going on in the world that people are looking for anything they can to find some comfort, to find some type of ease of mind. But if we're going to stick to God's word, 
And we're sticking to the, to the scriptures. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 gives us some great instructions, gives us some great insight. That if there's going to be, verse 1, if, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, and the word consolation, meaning to console, right? It's from the Latin word, which means to console or to comfort. Um, a consolation is alleviation of misery, all right, or distress of mind. So it's telling us if there's going to be any consolation in Christ, any comfort in Christ, if there's going to be any alleviation of misery in Christ, uh, if there's going to be any alleviation of misery or distress of the mind in Christ, if there's going to be a refreshment of the mind or of our spirits in Christ, that there's certain things that we got to do, that he left a pattern for us, he left a formula for us, that if we do what he says and do things the way he did things, we're going to find comfort. The alleviation of misery or distresses of the mind, we're going to find these things. All right, we're going to find these things in Christ, not in all, not in anything else, but in Christ. Then so it tells you in verse one, if any comfort of love. A lot of times we're going through these distresses of life, we're going through the, 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 these miseries uh, uh, of the mind that we don't feel any love. We feel very alone. We feel that nobody cares. And we are truly in, in this by ourselves. So it's telling us now, when a person feels those things, cause, and you're going to feel those things following Christ, it, that, comes with, um, that comes with the territory. There's going to be some, some extreme lows that a person is going to be hit with. All right? Think about Job. Think about Job. That was written for, for our learning. Think about Joseph, Joseph being locked up in prison. All right? So there's going to be, if there's going to be, if there's going to be any comfort of love, if there's going to be any fellowship of the spirit, a fellowship just when you feel alone and you want some companionship, you know, so fellowship of the spirit. It says, if any bowels and mercies, when we feel that there is no mercy, that that you we just can't catch a break. Nobody cares. We're in this by ourselves. If Christ is going to give us the consolation, comfort of love, fellowship, and mercy. Philippians chapter 2 verse 2 says this, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. You know, a lot of times when we're going through tribulation and we're going through misery and we're going through the stresses of the mind and the vexations of life, that... And, and, and we want to get selfish. We want to get, um, you know, kind of crawl up in, in, in if, you, if you can imagine, into a fetal position. Um, and we just want to protect ourselves. We want to protect our heart. Uh, I don't want to give. And I, just, I kind of want to sulk in my misery. I, I kind of just I want, to, want to, I just want to block everything out and just be by myself. And it's just me. Well, it says, if we want to feel that consolation from Christ, the love from Christ, the fellowship and fellowship and mercy, we have to fulfill their joy and be like-minded. I can't just be thinking about what I'm going through. If Christ would have just thought about what he was going through, he never would have got on the cross. If Christ was only thinking about his discomfort, 
um, he wouldn't have left uh, the Last Supper. He never would have let the soldiers come and get him. But he didn't do that. He had to, he had to put others for he had to think about what what others will be going through. He said, just think about his own misery. Even though his own misery was evidence. We read where he prayed to the Most High, what, three times? Not that to go through what he had to go through. But each time he resolved, so finally he really got within his mind, not his will, but the Most High's will. God's will be done. So, fulfill you my joy. Philippians chapter 2, verse 2. Fulfill you my joy. That you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. That we, I can't just be thinking about what I'm going through. That we have to be, be in this, this same mind, what, what, what is about to be presented to us. All right? And that would be of one accord. A lot of times we get grumpy. We're going through so much misery, and we're only thinking about what we're going through and how, how we're being inconvenienced. And how no one else cares, and no one, no one else sees what I'm going through. Nobody knows my sorrow. Nobody knows um, how dry I am. You know, that, that, old, that old drunk song. Nobody knows how dry I am. That Nobody knows what I'm going through. Right? And that's the feeling that many of us get. And those feelings is meant for, to have us turn more to the scriptures, to find the pattern in the way that Christ got through these same things. All right? Verse 3, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. We can't be doing these things because I'm just trying to get some credit. I'm just trying to get acknowledged. Uh, and I'm victimizing. All right? That, that now I'm playing the victim. And now because I'm the victim, you have to help me. And, and no matter what the circumstance, I'm the victim. So that I'm justified that I can be selfish. I can think about me. I'm only going through what I'm going through. And that no one else cares. That's why I, I'm justified in just doing it for me. I'm justified in just making myself feel good. That ain't nobody going to love me like I love me. That no one else cares anyway. That if I don't take care of myself, no one else gives a damn anyway. These are the type of thoughts and feelings and frustrations that we, we get faced with. Right? That we do get faced with. So it says, let nothing, verse 3, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. That now I'm going to fight to make sure I get some attention. That, uh, that, that the mentality of any attention is good attention. At least someone acknowledges, even if they're mad, even if they're angry, even if they're upset, at least I'm on their mind. But the scriptures are telling us what? The instructions is telling us what? Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But reading on, it says, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. It says in lowliness of mind. Now, we're already going to be going through depression, so that means, does it mean already be depressed? No, it means get off your high horse. Get off of you justifying because of the pain you're going through, because of the, 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 the stress that we're going through, that we can be justified if I don't have empathy for others. I can be justified if I'm only going to look out for me. I can feel justified in that I can look at how other people are being selfish, so that gives me the okay and the right and justification to be selfish also. No, brothers and sisters, little of mind is stop putting yourself first. Stop being the victim. Stop being the victim. So it says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. 
let me value what others are going through more than keep thinking about what I'm going through, which will make a person real selfish, which will make a person real internalize everything and victimize themselves about everything. Let me think about what others are going through. Let me esteem others better than myself. When Christ was on the cross, and it says, matter of fact, let me find that scripture real quick, as that just came to mind. And we're going to get to this class. We're going to get to this class, but I, I need to go through some of these things. Not just, not just for, the, for the class, but for myself as well. Um, A-U-T-H-R-S-A-L-V-A-T-I-O-N. When we go to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9, brothers and sisters, and I'm saying, brothers and sisters, as much as I'm saying this to myself as well. Um, going to Hebrews chapter 5, let's start verse 6, okay? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 5, and let's start at verse 6. And it says, as he says also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Um, then when we break the word Melchizedek down, it's all about a righteous king, all right? And that there's an order of righteous kings, not just one, but there's an order, a line, um, uh, a line of righteous kings, okay? But that Christ is a priest forever of this lineage of righteous kings, okay? Forever, all right? And we, I'm a, we can go into that class. Obviously, I'm going to do it right now because it's going to take us too far off the, off the subject. We'll, we'll get to that. But verse 7, let, let me get you know with the point. Verse 7, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and he was heard and was heard in that he feared. All right, so check out what, what, what's being said. That it said, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears, Unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard of him that, that he feared. Check it out, verse eight. And this is this is all referring to Christ. All right, this is all referring to Christ. Check out verse eight now. It says, "Though he were a son," and check out how that, that son there is a capital S. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. That Christ learned obedience by what he suffered, not because of all the blessings, not because of how easy things were for him, as, as if he was born with a, literally with a silver spoon in his mouth. It said even Christ had to learn obedience by the things which he suffered. That these things we're going through before we enter the kingdom of heaven is teaching us obedience. And I just, I'm going to look at the word obedience. Uh, from Latin word, obentia, and it says, see, obey. All right? So the root word of obedience is to obey. And it says, uh, and this one, Webster's 1820 Dictionary, compliance with a command, prohibition, or known law and rule of duty prescribed. All right, so obedience is compliance with a command, compliance with a prohibition, meaning some, somebody saying, you know, you can't do that. Uh, compliance with 
uh, a command, prohibition, or known law and rule of duty prescribed. I'm complying with uh, my, I know what my duties are. This is, I know the rules I'm supposed to be following. And by, I'm in compliance with that. That's what obedience is. Reading on with the definition, it says, the performance of what is required or enjoined by authority. By complying and performing by what's complying, the duty that's prescribed uh, and required by someone in authority. Christ had to learn obedience, how to comply with somebody in authority. Who was the authority over him? The Most High. He had to be, be, become in compliance with the commands of the Most High. He had to become in compliance with the prohibition. He couldn't use his power to get off the cross, to stop the pain, to stop the suffering, to stop the inconvenience. So he might be in compliance of the known law or rules of what his duties were prescribed by his Father the Most High. Of what was required of him, the performance of what is required uh, or enjoined by authority or the abstaining from what is prohibited in compliance with the command or prohibition. To constitute obedience, the act or forbearance to act must be in submission to authority. It says to, con- to constitute obedience. I mean, if you're going to constitute, you can put obedience into action. It says the act or forbearance that you forbear. You got there's things you just can't do. The forbearance to act must be in submission to authority. That I'm not going to do this because I'm in submission to authority. Or I'm going, I'm going to do it the way I'm being told because I'm in submission to authority. It says the command must be known to the person. And his compliance must be in consequence of it. Or it is not obedience. All right, so what's it saying here? Uh... To constitute obedience, the act or or forbearance act must be in submission to authority. The command must be known to the person, and his compliance must be in consequence of it. That you know what you're supposed to do, you're being told what you got to do, and that you got to do it. Or else it's not obedience. If 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 you're not being told what to do, then you can't say that you're being obedient. You're not submitting to the authority of others by doing what they tell you to do or by doing what they tell you not to do. Then you cannot call yourself obedient by definition. It says obedience is not synonymous with ubiquitousness, whatever that means. The latter often implying meanness or uh, what is this? What is this word? Or servility, I mean you're just serving. And obedience being merely a proper submission to authority. So obedience is proper submission to authority. That which, uh, that which duty requires implies dignity of conduct rather than servility. That you're doing it with dignity. Not just because I have to. So you're doing it, but you're doing it with attitude. That's not obedience. Obedience may be voluntary or involuntary. Voluntary obedience alone can be accepted, can be acceptable to God. 
So if we understand the definition, and we come back and we look at, at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8, it says, though he were a son, yes, Christ is the son of God, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. That was from the thing when he was suffering and still obeyed God anyway, that's how he learned obedience. Not just by doing what he wanted to do when it was convenient to him. Not taking unto himself the authority or taking unto himself that, that he has the power to affect change, so he's going to make things happen himself. He had to submit. He had to submit. That, and think about this, brothers and sisters. Christ had to learn obedience by the things which he suffered. So if we're following Christ, how else are we going to learn obedience? To obey and submit to authority. Like what Christ did. Verse 9. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9. It says, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all of them that obey him. Did y'all hear this? I, I should be saying to myself, Sab, did you hear this? Did you read this? Did you hear yourself? Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9. And being made perfect. How was Christ made perfect? Because everybody says that, right? Christ is perfect. Christ learned obedience to the things that he suffered. And by being obedient by the things which he suffered, that's what made him perfect. I need some sound effects. So, how are we going to be made perfect? I got to really add this, Masab. You got to really commit this to memory. How are we going to be made, how are we going to be made perfect? By being obedient by the things which we suffer. I'm submitting to the authority. I'm submitting. Not pushing my will because of an inconvenience. I'm submitting to authority like Christ did. So verse 9 again, Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 9. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. So if we want to be saved, brothers and sisters, that Christ is the author of eternal, that salvation that's going to last forever, if we want to participate in that, we have to obey to the things that we suffer. We have to be obedient by the things which we suffered. We have to submit. So, so if, if we get, if this kind of, you know, making some sense, might not be agreeing with, but if it's making some sense, when we come back to Philippians chapter two, verse three. Um, it says, going back now, returning back to Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Let me make others more viable. Let me make others more viable than me. How does a person make another person more valuable? I submit to them. I submit to their authority. I obey what they say. Not in word, in my actions. 
I give them the floor. I give them the authority. I give it to them. Like Christ said. Remember, Christ said, don't think that you're taking my life as much as I'm giving you. Like when he was talking to the soldiers. He said, don't y'all think that I'm giving, that y'all have the power to do this. I can call down a legion of angels right now. And we can, we can put a wreck on creation. But I'm laying my life down. I'm doing this. I'm allowing this to happen. Though I have the power to stop it. If I, but if I stop it, I'm not, Christ understood, he's not submitting to the authority of the Most High. Then now he's not being obedient. And that, that made him the author of salvation. He wrote the book on salvation. You want to be saved? Here's the book. Here's the instructions. Here's what you have to go through if you want to be saved. All right? Reading on with Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. It says, let not every man, well, I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. Look, not every man on his own things. But every man also on the things of others. Don't just be thinking about and be focused on your trials and tribulation. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, the anointed Savior. All right. So I'm going through all that, brothers and sisters, uh, as an explanation for the prayer list that, that we've been compiling and putting together. That, again, it's not being done out of vainglory. It's not being done out of, out of, out of uh, oh, yeah, look at Mashaba. Oh, he's trying to trying to do something. He, he's trying to show he's righteous. No, that is not it at all, brothers and sisters. I need help. I need help. So I'm trying to, instead of just be sitting here sulking and with what the things that I'm going through and the things that, that, that are distressing my mind and the things that are vexing my life, I'm trying to put others first. There's an effort to put others first. Like Christ did. And trying to follow Christ's footsteps. All right? So, uh, again, this, I'm not saying all this or going through all this because I'm trying to get a pat on the back. Christ said he don't get his honor from men. So I'm not doing it to get the honor from men. I don't, I, don't call me. Don't, don't text me. Don't, don't, don't even acknowledge what's going on. If you would like to have somebody's name added to the prayer list, let me know. Because it's not just me sending the prayers. I'm hopefully, hopefully it's not just me sending up these prayers. But that we're getting a lot of people, if they want to find that consolation in Christ, that people you want to find that comfort of love, if a person wants to find that fellowship of the Spirit, if a person is going through something and they want to find mercy, that here's a prayer list of names to, to put in front of yourself that the most high now might be with others. So now, like Christ did, like Christ said in John chapter 17, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. That Christ wasn't praying for himself, that he might be delivered. Even though at the Garden of Gethsemane, he did pray for self, but he, he got his mind right. He came and got his mind right. He, he repented and adjusted. So we can do the same. So the prayer list is being compiled so that others who are looking for some consolation, for some comfort, 
for some love, for some fellowship, for any mercy. Put others first. Put others first. Look not on your own things, but also on the things of others. Okay? Where am I at? Where am I at? Oh, my prayer list, right? So, it does say, um, in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 29, it says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he heareth the prayer of the righteous. So this is why I'm asking, you know, again, not, not even to, trying to say that I'm righteous. It says many times I, I, I can, I feel I can relate to what Christ said when, when the young man came in and said, good, good master. And he said, why do you call me good? There's only one good, and that's the most high heart in heaven. So now I'm not even saying this, brothers and sisters, that I'm righteous. And effort and thinking that, that others out there that might be listening to the broadcast, that you're righteous. That you might add these names to your prayer list um, and that the Most High might provide the comfort, the love, the, the mercy, the fellowship as you might be going through things you might, that you might be going through. All right. So with that, I'm going to ask that the Most High, in the name of Christ, please listen to us now, right now. Please send your Holy Spirit of mercy and peace to watch over, to bless and to heal, to strengthen, to help, and to protect, and to build up. And Father, we ask that you might bless and that you might keep. We ask that you might make your faces shine upon and be gracious. Father, we ask that you lift up your continents and give peace unto Naya, the wife of our brother Yahweh, to Ayana, the wife of our brother Awana Ayer, to our friend Bobby Dixon, to Sierra Leek, the daughter of our brother David, to Thawan uh, Racha and his wife Waradiah and their family, to our friends in Albuquerque, Becky and Daryl, and Becky's sister Carmen, to the entire Lovett family, my in-laws, to the entire Coates family, to Thawan Mayam and his family out there in Houston, to our brother Thawan here in San Antonio, West Beverly, to the special needs children, father, of Cece, the daughter of our brother Tazapa and his wife, Arakaya, to Aisha Lee, the daughter of our brother Gabar Kawa, and to Ali, Aliyah, the daughter of our brother Banabah and his wife, Kardashaya, uh, to our brother Tazapa and his family, and to his mother, uh, Miss Catherine, who we call Ma Dukes. To uh, Miss Catherine's help, uh, Miss Barbara, uh, Miss Barbara and her husband, Mr. Charles. To our friend, to our brother Yanawathan. To our family out there in Florida, Gabaria Allah, his wife Aisha, her mother, Ruthie Mae Johnson, and to their niece and nephew, uh, Keontae and Rihanna. To our brother Shankwadash, his wife Mariah, and their son Gazakia. And to our brother Shankwadash, who's um, headed to another funeral here this weekend uh, up in Chicago. Please be with them, Father. To our brother um, uh, LV out there in, in, in California who had the eye surgery. And his mother, Pat Washington, and his cousin, LaShonda Washington. To our sister, Quartashaya, the wife of our brother, Bonabad. 
to our friend Sean Stark, our friend Sylvia Khan, to our brother Yaman, and to our brother Kazakabar, um, and to the sister Inawa here in San Antonio. Father, we ask also for Ernestine Morris, for Charlie Westbrook, and for Edna Jackson. All right, so, um, some relatives of, of my wife, um, Yasariah. And Father, we ask that you might, that as we put your name upon the children of Israel, that you will bless them. In the name of, of Christ, we thank you always. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters. All right, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and take a, um, a bio intermission. I know that that's taken over an hour, just about over an hour to get all the introductions um, up and out of the way. Hopefully with some edification, with some understanding. Let's take a bio break. And when we come back, we're going to go into this class. We're going to continue in this series that we're going over um, called um, Build Your House Upon a Rock. All right. Build Your House Upon the Rock. That, that we want to make sure our, that as we're, in the coming, as we're in these days, that what we're standing on, our belief system, really is based on the prophecies of what the Bible tells us. That our actions and our decisions and the things we do is really, it truly is rooted in the prophecies and of the scriptures. All right? That, 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 that's, that's, the, that, that's the key. That's the plug. And we want to uh, continue today in why it's important to make sure that we're basing our, our faith on the prophecies because there, there's been a time in history where, where the Most High literally hid his face from, from mankind. He hid his face from us because of, of, of our behaviors, because of our attitudes, because of our, our in, the things that we chose to let influence us. He literally turned his back and ignored us. And we're going to find out, we're going to look, that this, this went on for... 400 years for those of uh, in the Americas that God turned his back on the children of Israel alright because of our idolatry so as we're coming back now and trying to get back right with the Father as we're trying to as we are repenting through the things that we're suffering that we might learn obedience that I just I want to keep compiling and keep trying to show and understand how and why God would turn his back on, on us and what happens when God turned his back, when he hid his face, when he ignored the children of Israel. What kind of things that we've gone through because he's ignored us, that we've made him that angry, we made him that pissed off, we made him that disgusted that he hid his face from us. So now, as we're, again, as we're coming back, Let's make sure we're not doing those things that got him mad in the first place and intermingling how we grew up, what we think we know, um, how we feel about things, and we're trying to intermingle that with how God wants things done. That, that will continue, brothers and sisters, to have him hide his face from us. That, that type of mentality will continue to have him hide his face from you so that now we will not participate in his kingdom. We will not participate in the salvation when he brings his kingdom. Remember, remember brothers and sisters, he said, 
nothing defiled is going to enter into his kingdom. It's like, like, like if you go and step in a bunch of uh, dog poo, if you don't wipe that stuff out of your shoe, usually you don't even bring this, those shoes in, in the house. You leave them outside where you can scrape them and clean them, and then they, then you can bring them shoes in the house. But you're not, or even in your car, you're not going to let just something dirty and 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 and, and disgusting. If we're not going to do those things, then how how do we think God is going to allow that into His kingdom, into His house? All right. So bio break. We're going to take a bio break right now. Um, and as soon as we finish with with this bio break, uh, we're going to come back and continue on with uh, this class. All right. So here we go because you know it is about getting what back to life, back to reality.
right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. All right, all right, all right, all right. Shalom, 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 shalom. Okay, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. All right, brothers and sisters. Um, last class that I did in, in this series, uh, one of the scriptures that we finished with was Amos chapter 8, verse, um, verses 11 and 12. And I just want to uh, reference that again as we, as we continue on with this series, okay? So in Amos chapter 8, verse 11, the book of Amos chapter 8, verse 11, it's prophesied, all right? It, is, it was prophesied by God that behold. Now, you know what? Let me do this. Let me do this. I'm really going to try and let this resonate with everybody. All right. I'm going to look up um, time. The book. Of Amos. In the Bible. All right, it says, um, just doing a Google search, time of the book of Amos in the Bible. The book of Amos is likely written between 760 and 753 B.C. According to the, the gotquestions.org, the first verse of the book states that Amos uh, prophesied two years before the earthquake during the reign of Uzziah, king of Judah, and Jeroboam, king of Israel, around from 767 B.C. to 753 B.C. All right, the book of Amos is the third in the 12 books of the Old Testament, um, named after the minor prophets to the second book of the Greek Septuagint uh, tradition and the third in the Old Testament, the Tanakh. All right, cool. So what I want to give us, the point I'm going to pull out of this right here and try, try and help us understand or or. Feel the revel the the the, the revelance of this prophecy. And the book of Amos was written around 760 BC, 760 years before Christ. All right. That means this is also going to be don't lock it. This also means it was it was right right before the split of the kingdom. Um. Now, I'm sorry, not for, for the kingdom. It was right before the, Assyri- um, the Assyrian captivity, which means it was right before um, the, the ten tribes were, uh, uh, were kicked out of the promised land and came over to the Americas, uh, stopping in different ports around Africa and eventually coming over to, to the Americas. All right, so it was right before that time. It was right before that time. The reason that's that significant is because, remember, by the time that the, the, the ten tribes came to the Americas, the Most High had been stopped talking to them. He was done. And now it was just about now the consequences that we get from Deuteronomy chapter 28 about if, how we would be kicked out of the land and that the land would enjoy her Sabbath because we, we were not obeying the laws, statutes, and commandments of God. We weren't, we weren't, we're not doing things, we were doing things with attitude, not with joy. So that we were going to be in the midst of now God turning, literally turning his back on us. And this is what Amos now is prophesying to us. So when we go to Amos chapter 8 and verse 11, and it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord, 
So if we can understand this, brothers and sisters, that for Amos to be prophesying this around 760 B.C., and it was around 722 that we went into the Assyrian captivity. And then from the Assyrian captivity, that's when we came, that's when the ten tribes came to the Americas. All right, around seven centuries before Christ. Seven centuries before Christ, that that we would be kicked out of the promised land. And we know that the time also came when the southern kingdom of Israel was kicked out of the promised land in 70 AD under the time of the Romans. Right? For those who, who, who are up on your Bible history. Right? For those that, that you're familiar with Bible history. So, if we can consider these things and we look at Amos chapter 8 verse 11 again. It says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Now, you know, as, as, I'm, as I'm meditating on this and, and, and we're getting into this a little bit, expounding on this, Think about this, brothers and sisters. When and the Portuguese first came over to the Americas, right? When they first got to the Americas, they they, they called America the Newfoundland, but they also called it the an, another Garden of Eden. For all the resources that were over here, from from I mean all the resources as far as even from animals to um, Jewels to food to you name it. There was so much abundance over here in the Americas, and when we came, we became known as the Americas. That it wasn't that we came that that when the, the the Israelites were kicked out of the land and we came over to the Americas, that we came to a place that had no food. That we came to a place where there was no bread. Come on, we 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 were experts at farming, farming still. We still were, were, were building crops. I mean, from the, the maize. That's what when when the so-called white man came with the pilgrims. How does it, how does they survive the winter? The na- so-called natives that were here fed them. We fed them. So it's not like we got over here and we didn't prosper as far as food, as far as empires, as far as architecture, as far as civilizations. We had all these things, but what were we absent of? The word of God. The word of God was absent. Just like it's being prophesied right here in Amos chapter 8, verse 11. I'm going to read it again. And it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. That God was, was that's it. We're not going to hear from him. And remember, the Israelites, we had the Thummim and the Urim. That was on the high priest uh, um, um, ephod on his breastplate, where the Lord would literally speak to the high priest. These days now, God said, I'm not going to speak to you at all. So whatever dreams you have, whatever omens you're following, whatever superstitions you get built up in your own mind, that's you. That's not from God. And I'm saying that that if we consider going from 722 B.C. when the ten tribes came over to the Americas, damn near seven centuries before Christ was born, 
seven centuries, we were left to dreams, superstitions, omens, good luck, bad luck. That's what we were left. That's what we were left to, not the word of God. Then, then Christ gets here. Comes comes on the scene, not not in Americas, but comes on the scene as Christ over in Jerusalem. He's put to death. The apostles now start spreading the gospel over in in, in that part of the world. Then in 70 AD, the Romans put down Jerusalem, and then the Israelites were led into captivity in the Roman Empire. And for those that escaped captivity from the Roman Empire and fled down into Africa, we stayed down in Africa for 1,500 years. Then we have the transatlantic slave trade. But in all that time, if we go from 70 AD, when Jerusalem finally fell, God had been stopped talking to us. We stopped getting his word. So we can go 760 B.C., 760 B.C., good Lord. If we're in 2024, that means God's word has been absent for damn near 3,000 years here in the Americas. And we go with 70 A.D. That's still, I'm not, I'm not good at math like that. calculator. If we have 2024 minus 70 AD, that, brothers, that's still 1,954 years. 1,954 years. Might as well say 2,000 years. That our people have been without the word of God. And God left it all in the Bible. And then how many of us were, were kept illiterate? How many times was, was the word of God, the, the Bible, the book of the law, lost? Now check it out. Amos chapter 8 verse 12. The book of Amos chapter 8 verse 12. It says, and they shall wander from sea to sea. And from the north, even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Now, this was prophesied, brothers and sisters. This was prophesied seven centuries before Christ was born. So how long have we been about, how many generations of our, of our people have been without the word of God? And the significance of that means if we've been without the word of God, all we are left with is our own imaginations, our own minds, our own superstitions, our own traditions. That the way we've been living our lives and taught to live our lives has had nothing to do with the prophecies of the word of God. Lives according to what religion says. We've been living our lives according to what society says. But we've not been living our lives according to the word of God. And the life that God has for Israelites. All right. So from that, let's... Let's, let's go back and show and prove or bring up 
that it was prophesied long before the book of Amos. It was already prophesied to us that God is going to get to the point where God was going to turn his back on us. It was going to get to the point where God was going to ignore us. And that we were going to feel the ramifications. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 31. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 31. I'm going to start at verse 16. Deuteronomy chapter 31. I'm going to start at verse 16. All right. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 16. And it reads, And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. And this people will rise up and go a-whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land, whether they go to be among them, and will forsake me and break my covenant, which I have made with them. This is God prophesying what the Israelites were. This is before we got in, even got to the promised land, brothers and sisters. God ought to prophesy how we was going to be acting, what was going to, be, what was going to happen. As, as soon as Moses was dead. And we damn if it didn't happen the exact same way as, as God described, is describing. That we, that we were going to follow the gods and, and what, what does the most I say? Go a-whoring. Have, have sex. Make love to the other gods. Not love God, the Almighty, who brought us and saved us out of Egypt. Not love God for all the things he's done for us as a nation of Israel. And, and what he feels is special, what he feels is valuable, that we will go a-whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land. And remember, we looked at the word gods, brothers and sisters. The word gods goes back to the word Elohim. And one of the definitions of Elohim is the influence, is to be influenced. One of the definitions of Elohim is influenced. That we would go a whoring after the influences of the strangers of the land. A whoring. I gotta I, I gotta look this way. This word is, is, is sticking out to me right now. Uh give me my Eastward. Let's go to Eastward. Deuteronomy. Chapter thirty one. Verse sixteen. Horny is like, they don't give me horny, so let me see. Search. Oh, it's over here. You know what? Let me, let me use the internet. D E F I N E define whoring. H W H O R I N whoring. All right, it says the the to have unlawful sexual 
uh, commerce uh, to practice lewdness. From dictionary.com, it says uh, whoring. The practice or occupation of working as a prostitute, the action of using the services of prostitutes, the unworthy or corrupt use of one's talents for personal or financial gain. Oh, God. Brother and sisters, I don't, I don't know. We're ready for this one. You know, I'll, let's keep it simple. Let's keep it simple. Let's go to the book of James. Uh, so a whore is it's synonymous with adultery. You're a prostitute. In God's eyes, God says we're a bunch of prostitutes. All right? That we're not his wife because we get influenced by things that are not him. We obey others, other God, other influences, and that our husband, who is the most high. And in God's eyes, that makes us whores. You're a hoe. That you, you're not influenced by your husband, who the most high. You lay down and get influenced by somebody outside of who the, our husband's supposed to be. That makes you a whore. makes you a prostitute. That whatever they're giving you, that makes you feel good about yourself, or whatever justification they give you, You'll go after that, but you won't listen to, we won't listen to our husband. In God's eyes, you're a whore. Okay, in God's eyes, you're a whore. Now, I know that not, that might not be the definition that we want to use for ourselves, but that's what God says. All right? Now, we'll go to the book of James, chapter 4. We'll go to James chapter 4, and we start at verse 4. All right, James chapter 4, and we start at verse 4. It says, this, again, from the scriptures, ye adulterers, and adulterers says, know ye not that the friendship of the world enmity with God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So, I mean, again, if we're seeing it from God's eyes, we don't want to see it from God's eyes because that, that means we're wrong. We want to see it from our own eyes and how we feel and from whatever our parents taught us and what society taught us. Um, and we don't want to see the truth about ourselves. Then in God's eyes, we're a bunch of whores. We, we get influenced by other things, everything but him, and then we justify it. So if we're a friend of the world, we're God's enemy. This is what the Bible says. All right? And these are, these are the actions that made God turn his back on us. This is how you get ignored. All right? This is the, these are what we're going to go through are the things that you go through to make sure the God of the Bible is ignoring you. One, you ignore him. You allow yourself to be influenced by things that are strange to him. You allow yourself, we allow ourselves to be influenced by things that have nothing to do with him. And we fall in love with it. 
because of whatever gratification we get from those influences, it makes us the enemy of God. And I know for those who have a real religious background, this is crazy because now you can't, it, it, it's about, as long as you can point to others how they're wrong and what they're doing wrong and how, how they're off, but you're just the, we're just the pristine virgins. We don't do anything wrong. We only have wrong done to us. That's not what, that's in the, in the relationship that God had with, no, with Moses. That's not the type of conversation that happened right now. All right, so going back to Deuteronomy chapter 31. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick up verse 16 again and read down. So Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 16. And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and this people will rise up. Yet yeah, this people. <laughs> if some of the white men said that about us, we'd be like, well, what do you mean, this people? Us. This people will rise up and go a-whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land. Will they go to be among them? And will forsake me and break my covenant, which I have made with them. We are going to break the covenant. Not God bring the covenant. We're going to break the covenant following all these other things. Verse 17. Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day. And I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured, and many evils and troubles shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, are not these evils come upon us, because our God is not among us. Brothers and sisters, that's what it means to repent. But how many of us still play the victim that I'm going through something because somebody else is doing some, some wrong? Whether it's a so-called white man, whether it, 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 it's a boss at work, whether whoever it might be, it's never our fault of why, why we're going through anything that we're going through. We always want to justify that it's, it's what someone else is doing because the way I'm doing things must has got to be perfect in my mind. And I'm not going to let nobody tell me that what I'm doing is wrong. I'm waiting to hear somebody say why other people, what they're doing, why they're wrong, and I can continue doing what I'm doing and somehow be accepted by God. But mind you, we're reading one of the prophecies that God gave to Moses of what was going to happen. And that God is still waiting for us to, to get to the point where we're going to say, are not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us? the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's what God's waiting for. So as, as many of our people, you know, we're waking up to the fact that we're Israelites, and we're finding out that, that, that we were kings and queens over in Africa. We were kings and queens over in Europe. We, uh, we, we had great dynasties and had great wealth and blah, 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 blah. What's the one thing we still ain't got to the point we're not getting to? What's the one point we still don't want to admit to? We can admit that we're Israelites and, and do it proud now. Now you, you see so many so many people wearing fringes now. So many people uh, um, wearing fringes. And hell, we get to a point where we're, we're honoring at the, the, the new moons, uh, the day of Nicanor, the day of Purim, the uh, um, Hanukkah, the, the, the holy days of the 23rd, uh, the Leviticus chapter 23. 
But where are we, are we getting to the point where we're confessing that the evil we go through is because of us, because of my decisions, because I'm not following the most high? Well, sisters, again, and what was Christ's whole ministry? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 18, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 18. He says, and I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evils which they shall have wrought and that they are turned unto other gods. Are we listening? Brother said, are we listening? Deuteronomy chapter 31, 31 verse 18. And I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evils which they shall have wrought and that they are turned unto other gods. I'm going to ignore them. They're going to continue to be influenced by other, other things. That's not me. I'm going to ignore them. And when they go through evils, they're going through problems and tribulations. I'm not listening. I'm ignoring. This is the God of the Bible. That Remember, the words of God that has been hid for ages and generations. The words of God that, that, that have been foreign to us. This is God's word. Verse 19. Now, therefore, write ye this song for you and teach it the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. This don't sound like no gospel music, does it? Are we about to, is, is, is Moses about to start bringing out a song? Oh, happy day. Is this the words that that, that, that Moses is, that the Most High is put in Moses' mouth? <laughs> as much as we talk, about, we want to be, we, uh, I'm, verse twenty. For when I shall have brought them into the land which I swore unto their fathers, that floweth with milk and honey, and they shall have eaten and filled themselves and waxen fat, then will they turn unto other gods. And serve them, and provoke me, and break my covenant. The Most High wanted Moses to put this to a song for the Israelites to remember. Verse twenty-one, and it shall come to pass, when many evils and troubles are befalling them, that this song shall testify against them as a witness. For it shall not be forgotten out of the mouths of their seed. For I know their imagination, which they go about, even now, before I have brought them into the land, which I swear. God said, I already know their, their mind. I haven't even brought them to the promised land, and I already know how they be thinking. And they are going to cause me to ignore them. I'm not going to protect them. I'm not going to be the security. I'm going to stop caring. But he tells us why. We started this shit first. Victim of, of a moody God. Of an unfair God. Of an unjust God. 
we had to consider the things, brothers and sisters, that for God to have gotten to the point where he turned his back on us, and we can look back in, in, in time, 760 B.C. or 700 B.C., 70 A.D., back on us, and we have not been getting his word. I don't care how many religions we've, we've ran through and ran to. We have not been getting God's word. His back has been turned to us. And it's only evident. Look at the things we go through for comfort. That really, when we actually read God's word, have nothing to do with the God of the Bible. Not a damn thing. All right, let's go to the book of Micah. Let's go to the book of Micah, chapter 3, verse 4. Let's go to the book of Micah, chapter 3, verse 4. The book of Micah, chapter 3, verse 4. All right, the book of Micah, chapter 3, verse 4, and it says, Then shall they cry unto the Lord. Yeah, we're going to go through, through evils. We're going to have our enemies run us through. We're going to be talking about Black Lives Matter. We're talking about there's no justice, no peace. We're going to go through all these things. The slaughters, the destruction, the rapes of men, of women, of children. We're going to go through all these atrocities because we pissed God off. And God turned his back on us. God ignored us. Micah chapter 3 verse 4. Then, so they cry unto the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time. As they have behaved themselves ill. I know this is not a scripture that anybody grew up hearing. That yeah, God will hide his face from us. Because we, be, we, we behave ourselves ill in our doings. But I, I know because we like to play the victims, and we don't want to have to, you know, be accountable for our own actions. We'll say, yeah, see, that's why those crackheads, God turned his back on them. But see, I got a good job. I, 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 I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm college educated, so I'm not like them. God is with me. He's not with them. And, and we, we still ain't getting it. When did God say that we were forsaken the most? Uh, going back to what was it? Going back to Deuteronomy chapter thirty-one. He says, um, in verse twenty. For when I shall have brought them into the land which I swear unto their fathers, that floweth with milk and honey, and they shall have eaten and filled themselves and waxen fat, then will they turn unto other gods and serve them and provoke me and break my covenant. When when everything is going good, that's when we forsake God. That's when it's not about being obedient no more. Now it's about, you know, God knows my heart. God, you know what I like. He do it. Won't he do it? What's that? What's that, Sprout? Well, he will. And these are sayings that, that we have held on to for generations. 
and have nothing to do with the word of God. Remember, the love of money is the root of all evil. That's scripture. Remember, those supposing that gain is godliness. Because I'm gaining, God must be with me. Come on, brothers and sisters. How, how fertile was the Americas when, when the Ten Tribes came over here? But it got to the point where we were eating one another. That over here, there, there was the practice of cannibalism. And all the pyramids and the mounds that were built. How many virgins were put to death? Had their blood shed? As Mardi Gras is being celebrated right now, which goes back to Carnival, which goes back to the worship of Baal. We were doing all these things over here. Let alone the Lupercalia and, 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 and the Bacchanalia over in Europe and in Asia and in Africa. Come on. We're not getting away from this. As much as we want to point at others, I see they're going through, they're going through because God ain't with them, but God is with me. No. 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 Going back to Deuteronomy. I'm going to read Micah 3, chapter 3, verse 4 again. Micah chapter 3, verse 4, one more time. It says, Then shall they cry unto the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time, as they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. That's not me speaking slang, y'all. That's not me, you know, interjecting Meshava into That's what the scripture actually says. That we behave ourselves ill in our doings. We do the thing God the things that God hates that we love, that we cherish. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 20. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 20. And it says, and he said, I will hide my face from them. I'll see what their end shall be. For they are a very forward generation, children in whom is no faith. I, I, I don't know how to put this in words, brother. I, I don't know how to expound on this right now. God prophesying, I'm going to hide my face from them. I'm going to see what their end is going to be. They don't want to listen. Don't want to submit. Don't want to obey. They think that right now they got it good. You, you know what's crazy? They think they're getting away with it. Things seem good right now. But I'm going to see what the end is going to be. This is what God is saying. I'm going to see what their end is going to be. Right now it feels good. It feels good. Yeah. It feels good. I think that's 2020, Tony. I will see what but God said. I'm going to see what their end is going to be. Right now they're getting away with it. They're getting it. Life is good. The life of Riley. But God says, I'm going to see what their end is going to be. For they are a very forward generation. Children in whom is no faith. Forward. Let's look that up. Deuteronomy 32 and 20.
forward. Definition, forward. Um, forward, from the Latin word versus, meaning turned or looking from. That we are very turned and looking away from God. We don't look to God, the Most High, and his, his duties, his, his laws, his way of doing things. We always turn away from that. Forward means perverse. That is turning from with aversion or reluctance. That when it comes to doing things the way to obeying God, God says that our people are reluctant. We turn away from how God wants things done. It says, definition for for forward. Uh, Perverse, that is turning from with aversion or reluctance, not willing to yield or comply with what is required, unyielding, ungovernable, refractory, disobedient, peevish. This is what the Lord is saying about the nation of Israel. God ain't saying that we're the victims, that the bad man has just been doing this to you because you, well, who did it? That's not what God is saying. No. God is saying we are very perverse, that we've turned from him, and we have an aversion or reluctance, and we're not willing to yield or comply with what is required. We're unyielding, ungovernable. How many, how many, how many of us say, this is who I am, and I'm not going to change for nobody? How many of us have heard that told to us from a parent, from a teacher, from an idol? When I say idol, meaning meaning um, somebody you look up to. Don't let nobody tell you you can't do what you want to do. Do what you like, do what you want. That's what it means to be ungovernable. I'm not submitting to nobody's rules. This is me. This is how I do things. If you don't like it, to hell with you. I'm, this is who I am. That makes you ungovernable. You can't be told nothing. And you're not yielding. We don't yield. To the point where we're disobedient. Remember, God is telling us this about ourselves before it happens. And you know what's crazy? In, in the reverse psychology, we'll, we'll go with God like, well, if that's what you think I'm going to be, then that's what I'm going to be then because you, you don't give nobody a chance. Oh, 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 so, 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 so I'm, 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 just, I, I, like, I'm just reluctant. So I, I, I don't be willing. I don't, I don't be yielding. I'm not willing to do it your way. Oh, that's what you think? That's what you think? All right, cool. Then watch, watch, watch. Then watch, out, then, then watch me then. Ain't, ain't that... Did we not read Micah chapter 3 verse 4 that we behaved ourselves ill? You know, we want to put it back on him because we got to be the victim. So that's what you think about me? That's what you think about me? That's how you see me? That's what you think about me? Then watch. But it's never a thing about, damn, that's how I'm coming across? It's never that self-inspection. 
that damn, you know, it it it, it it's usually is from uh, from on our point of view, it's a very haughty, very arrogant. How dare God say I'm not trying my best? How dare God say I'm not good enough? And then we feel the we have the right to get mad and irritated at God telling us about our own actions. And then we feel like, no, God, let me tell you about what you're doing. But it's never to the point of that self-reflection of, damn, this is what my actions are showing me to be. I don't want that to be how people see me. Let me change. It, that is, that's rarely the thought process we take. It's always to justify why we're going to continue being ungovernable. Why we're going to continue to be unyielding. Why we're going to be not willing to comply with what is required. Are y'all, y'all seeing like, 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 like a, a connection between obedience? Have we read that definition of obedience? What it means to be obedient? And how Christ learned obedience to the things he suffered? And here we're dealing with this, this definition of forward. Which is not which is one of the definitions being disobedient. I'm not going to obey. I'm not going to comply with what is required from God. Are, are, are we are we seeing this, brothers and sisters? That it's this very action that has that had has God hide His face from us. That has God ignore us. These same thoughts and we feel so cozy and we feel so comfortable in this in, in this mind thought process that we really think we're right. And we justify ourselves. And Lord forbid we get a little bit of ble- blessing. Lord forbid we get a little bit of blessing. That's just gonna let that, that to us. See that that's 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 the universe that we know. I'm right. Because if God didn't want me to have this, then why not have it? See, God knows I'm right, so I'm not gonna change. Look at the blessings. Again, forgetting the word of God, that some suppose that gain is godliness. Forget that. Set out the window. According to my definition and what I've been taught through tradition, if I'm getting these things, it's because God wants me to have them, and 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 I'm blessed. But mind you, brothers and sisters, this was the exact reason why God hid His face from us in the first place. All right, that that was Deuteronomy chapter thirty-two, verse twenty. Now let's go to Psalms chapter thirty, verse seven. Let's go to the book of Psalms, chapter 30 and verse 7. The book of Psalms, chapter 30 and verse 7. And it says, Lord, by my favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. So, David is telling us here what? By thy favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. That I'm standing strong. By having faith in God's word, 
David was able to stand strong. And what were the things that he, he, he was having to go through? Saul. Saul. And this is Psalm chapter 30. So this is one of, of the early Psalms of David. Having to go through the persecution and the affliction of Saul. After Saul was rejected, David was known a king and the things that David had to suffer. Now, we know also that David went through a lot of tribulation because he turned from the Most High. Come on, brothers and sisters. David, think about this. If, 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 if it's possible for you to fit this into your, into your, into your matrix, into, into, into your, into your, 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 your mental functioning, David was called, David, it was said by the Most High that David is a man for his own heart. Because of David's faith in God, the Most High promised David that from your seed is going to come the Savior of Israel, the Most High, or, or the Savior, Jesus Christ. He's going to come from his seed. He's going to come. That that's how, and that there will always be somebody from the line of David on the throne. That's how special and the type of relationship that David had with God. All right? That's pretty, that's, that's pretty significant. That David, this, David displayed that type of faith. But what about when David waxed rich? What about when David got too comfortable? When even David got too comfortable, he went and slept with, with Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. Then had Uriah killed. That as David was sitting in, in, in sitting in the midst of comfort, his heart turned from the most high. He committed adultery and murder. Because he got too comfortable. Now for David to be that have that type of relationship with God, are we gonna sit here and act like now in 2024 that we have a better relationship with God than David did? That the most I promised David, the Savior, is going to come from your sperm, from your loins. Are we going to really have the, 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 this mindset that God is really dealing with us? From the little bit that we get. Are we really not going to be understand? How God will hide his face from us and turn and ignore us because of our ill behavior. And I say us. Us. When God hides his face, we are troubled. That's Psalm chapter 30, verse 7. When God hides his face, we are troubled. Whereas at one point it seemed like everything's going real good, living a life of rightly. Then we got to discern. Am I going through this because I'm doing right by God? Am I going through this because God turned his back on me because of my ill behavior? Psalms chapter 13. The book of Psalms chapter 13 verse 1. The book of Psalms chapter 13 verse 1. It says, how long without forgetting me, O Lord, Forever. How long wilt thou hide thy face far from me? We have to consider, brothers and sisters, we have to, I'm, I'm praying that, that, that 
we things into consideration. How long has God hid his face from the nation of Israel? How long has God hid his face from us? If he told Amos, he prophesied to Amos that I'm going to send a famine, not of bread, nor of water, but of hearing the word of God. And that was 760, around 700 B.C., 700 years before Christ. Then from 70 A.D., when we were finally kicked and expelled, expunged, exiled out of Jerusalem, out of the promised land, that we have been without the word of God. And then upon all of us getting here to the Americas, how much religion did we get compiled with all the superstitions that we had for generations upon generations upon generations of the people that were over here in the Americas already? let alone the people who came on slave ships. How many traditions and, and, and superstitions did we bring over here from Africa? That God had to put on the slave ships, travel over here, had to learn a whole new language, and not even able to read the Bible. And now as, 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 as we're coming, waking back up, are we really going to now think that because I don't stick to the word of God, I don't stick to the prophecies, but now God is with me? We, we, we better, it'd be good for us to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. We have gone... For, for centuries without hearing the word of God as Israelites. And now we're coming back into the understanding that we're the Israelites, but are we, are we hearing the word of God? Or are we still being influenced by the other gods that got our God pissed off in the first place? I hope I'm not deceiving myself that because now I call myself an Israelite, but I still have the mentality of an American citizen. That somehow now God's going to accept me because now I claim I'm an Israelite by religion, but my mindset is still American citizenship. Those influences from the other nations those strange nations. That's what got God pissed off and got us kicked out of the promised land. What is our foundation? What is our belief and our actions based on? Let's go, let's go now. Sing in Psalms. Chapter 27 and verse 9. The book of Psalms, chapter 27 and verse 9. The book of Psalms, chapter 27 and verse 9. And it says, Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not 
neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. And the question we get asked, that's a beautiful prayer from David. But why would God hide his face from us? And yes, God will forsake people. Because we keep, what did Micah 3 and 8 say? 3 and 4? Then shall they cry unto the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face far from them. I'm sorry, I answered that. Micah chapter 3 verse 4. Then shall they cry unto the Lord, but he will not hear them. He will even hide his face from them at that time as they have behaved themselves ill in their doings. We've been wrong in his eyes. Continue to behave ourselves ill in his, his eyes so he will continue to hide his face from us, or do we understand this is the last chance we're being given before he brings the judgment on the whole entire planet like he did to the days of Noah? He's given us, in his mercy and his love, he's trying to give us one last time to not get it right. We have reached the two-hour mark. I would like to thank everybody who did get a chance to tune in. And I understand that most likely this might be being listened to on the the archive with either iHeartRadio podcast, uh, Apple iTunes podcast, Podcast Addict, and for now Google Podcast. But remember, they're going to—they're um, transferring the uh, the content. Google, which owns obviously Google Podcast and owns uh, uh, YouTube Music, they're they're about to drop Google Podcast. Google is about to drop Google Podcast. So um, hopefully, I, I've, I've got it set up that you'll be able to listen to us. Through YouTube Music, right? Through YouTube Music, you will still get access to the podcast. Where I, I use Google Podcasts, I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the Google Podcast. So, but they're, they're they're going to be dropping Google Podcast, but you'll still be able to listen to the podcast through YouTube Music. All right. So with that, brothers and sisters, I am going to call this evening. I'm going to call. We're going to enter the show tonight. I don't know why I got the the Foghorn Leghorn uh, stuttering thing going on. We're going to end class tonight with that, with that right there. Um, and then look for Tell Us About Tomorrow. All right, Tell Us About Tuesdays. I'm not sure what's going to be in the morning that we're going to hear from Tell Us About Tuesdays or it's going to be tomorrow evening. All right. But let's look forward to uh, Tell Us About Tuesdays for tomorrow. Um, most of us say the same. I'm coming back on Wednesday. He'll come back on Thursday, and then the Brother Bada again on Friday night. Any questions about tonight's class, please text me first. Any questions about tonight's class, please text me, Eric, 210-784-8463, 210-784-8463. If you have anybody you'd like to add to the prayer list, all right, and esteeming others better than yourself, please text me their names. All right, please text me their names, and I'll add them to the list. All right, I have no problem adding them to the list. So with that, brothers and sisters, I would like to say shalom.
Yahweh is one. 